Welcome, guys, to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Peter Fendero and myself, Matt Slarchik. This is a podcast where we take out current health news and hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please share, follow, subscribe. You have no idea how much it means to us and what it does for the show. We've seen a difference. We appreciate all the feedback and everything you guys do for us. We would be nothing without you guys, and you guys keep on motivating us to produce this high-quality content that we have. So mm-hmm. thank you. Don't forget our vlogs every single Monday or Tuesday whenever it gets released. Once they've, a week at least. Once a week. They've, they've been beast, and I've been enjoying them. I enjoy watching them myself. Our exclusive content is out on Patreon. You guys should definitely tune in. Check that out on patreon.com slash thatloud. We have a lot of cool exclusive things that will for you to get to know us a little bit more, to be honest. Yeah. How are we doing, Pete? I'm doing good, man. Before I hop into this episode, I was like, one good look at you, and your beard's got pretty long. Thanks, for man. For you guys on YouTube, looking at us at YouTube. Yeah, your beard's yeah. long too, bro. Thanks, man. It's getting there, you know? I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah, dude, like... Is this a phase? I don't probably It's for sure a phase. But when we were looking at our, our thumbnails for our About Us episode on YouTube, we were like, such, such babies, dude. Now we have full beards and shit. Yeah. Like, holy it's, shit. It's funny, because it's like one of the second most popular video, and it was like... Almost two years ago, and we look like a bunch of little babies with like right. no facial hair. Yeah, dude, look so young. Right, some young guys just thought they were some shit. Started yeah. a podcast, you know. Now we're on episode thirty-three of just the news. We did ninety-five of a couple of nurses. Yeah, we're we're pumping, guys. Yeah, and plus we have Patreon episodes. We're on what number eight already on Patreon, and we have some other low-key stuff that we do in the back end. And we got two meetings today, so we're gonna get really get the ball started, and we're finally cracking down on getting the site done, released, and some cool little movement that we're going to start that I'm going to keep it hush-hush for now. Yeah, dude. All right, guys. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about race adjustments for, for renal medications and the new strain of COVID-19 that's spreading now in the United States. So two pretty hot topics right now. And it's oh, this is actually something really interesting to look at, not just this, the COVID-19 aspect, but the whole race adjustments for kidney medicines. Because as we get further and further in genomics, like as humans, yeah, we're, we're, we're all considered humans, right? Yeah. But we live on different parts of the earth and we get different amount of nutrition, different nutrients, different amount of sunlight, different climates, different weathers, and that affects our genetics, right? So maybe somewhere down the line in the future, we're going to have medication specifically for African-Americans, specifically for you know Caucasians, specifically for people from Europe, from the different countries, because they're on different parts of the globe, right? So different climates and these medications aren't always universal, right? Yeah. Certain medication we prefer to give to to a, a certain person for, for that reason, right? And now once you start mapping genetics more accurately and, and more efficiently, we're going to be able to create specific targeting medications, even more specific than, than we have now. Yeah, so the big, the big dilemma here is, so we, we know that African-Americans have higher rates of kidney failure than any other group, correct? I think they're three to four times more likely to develop mm-hmm. kidney failure compared to white Americans. Chronic kidney disease is becoming a fast-leading public health issue, even in Africa, which I think has, it affects 14.3% of the population. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, what I looked up really quick is, you know, Davida. In 2020, they grew 12 times their expected earnings. So just imagine a kidney failure in the business of having dialysis and kidney medicine, what kind of business it is. And and the question here is, so the study basically is indefinite. So meaning we still don't know whether, is it genetics that are playing a role in kidney disease in African-Americans? Should they get adjusted differently, like their meds and their dialysis based on uh, GFR, glandular filtration rate, or is it their lack of access to, you know, 
healthcare, which plays a major role, their family background, they where they were raised, and also being over overweight, which plays a huge role. And you know, obesity, diabetes, and hypertension really runs in African American population mm-hmm. as well, more prevalently and in general in America. Yeah. So definitely, like you said, you mentioned all those things about what what actually goes into um, this issue of why African-Americans have this higher prevalence of kidney disease, right? So yeah, we're not sure if it's a social economic thing, is it genetics, like what's actually going on? So what's, what's cool about the world that we live in is we could kind of tackle all of those at the same time and, f- and kind of be able to put away one. Yes. You know, you know, while we're trying to tackle these, these disparities that people have with healthcare, we're also creating medications to, to better fight certain things, to to better balance our lives, to better balance blood pressure, to better balance renal disease, things like that. At the same time, while we're also taking on all these other goals. Yes. You know, so it's cool to look at how it's all gonna come together and the ideal goal is to kind of get rid of everything, right? All these negatives that, that we have to go through. So, but just like with like Polish people, we suffer a lot from heart disease, just based on diet, the amount of stress that we get, the amount of work that we do. Like African-Americans have a higher prevalence of, of renal disease, kidney disease, and that's like, the thing is like, we don't know if it's 50-50 on each side, is it like, Back to the question of nurture versus nature: Is it because of genetics, or is it because of how we're living life? Yeah, look at look at Eastern Europeans. Correct, we have a higher rate of colon rectal cancer. Correct, it's it's a proven fact. Our what our buddy, you know, his father died of colon rectal cancer. Mm-hmm. I know I know a few people. So, are Eastern Europeans predisposed to this genetically? Right, mm-hmm. just like this case that we're making with uh, black people and adjustment of kidney medicine, or is it? The way we're raised, the foods that we're eating, sausage being a part of it, highly processed meat, salamis, and all this, and it led to you know this connection. Right, it's interesting to look at like what's going to be you know. I feel like the world that we live in, it's a lot of times it's fifty fifty. It's just some things are easier to change than other things. You yeah, know? maybe the for some people, changing the diet or whatever isn't the easiest step. And then we fall into a trap of that's not the easiest step. Then I should just put them on a pill. You know, that's yep. kind of where Western medicine is is right now. Instead of like changing the fundamentals or these building blocks or or these um, ideas that we have, the routines that we go through, we just rather have somebody take a pill that's going to try and counteract that. But you're still not fixing the, the you're not still fixing the solution at the foundation. You know, yes. it's, it's like when you have a building and the foundation is broken, you're just adding support instead of actually fixing the foundation. You know. Yeah, and that's a huge problem that we see all over the place. Mm-hmm. And in August of 2020. The National Kidney Foundation and the American Society of Nephrology actually formed a task force to debate these pros and cons, whether we should be using race in estimated GFRs. So the report is supposed to be due in spring of 2021. So we we will follow up with this episode mm-hmm. and maybe we'll see like what their understanding is. Yeah. And like the probably the most heard of comparison when you look at race and medications is going to be the ACE inhibitors and the African-American community, right? Because angio-converting enzymes, or sorry, angio-converting enzyme inhibitors have been avoided as an initial therapeutic option in treatment of hypertension in African-Americans. And there's two main reasons why they have this. I actually had a pretty cool study where it compared like the reasons reason why not to use it and also the common reasons to use them. And then you, you also compared high and low doses and yeah, their effects. Correct. So yeah, so the reason why they're saying that this that ACE inhibitors are not recommended for African-Americans is because there has been a lesser blood pressure lowering effect of ACE inhibitors in African-Americans compared to whites, particularly at low doses. So they're saying is at standard low dose, the effect on blood pressure they give ACE inhibitors to to white person isn't as substantial as given to African-American. So to lower the same amount of blood pressure, you have to give a higher amount of the ACE inhibitor. 
Second reason is shorter acting ACE inhibitors like captopril prescribed at the midpoint of its maximal total daily dose, lower blood pressure, less effectively than higher dose of calcium antagonists in African-Americans. So what they're basically saying for the second thing is you're going to need to take a lot of an ACE inhibitor compared to a calcium antagonist like the Tylenol to treat the same amount of blood pressure. So they're saying that it's better off to give a lower amount of a different medication than to give a higher amount of ACE inhibitors, even though ACE inhibitors might be the safer option for, for white people, you could yeah. say, you know? And I like how the study also compared to it because we're making it seem like it's like a race thing, correct? But they also dive into here that there's high levels, higher levels of dietary sodium intake specifically. There's a racial difference, right? African-Americans tend to have a higher sodium intake, and that might be the reason why there's a different BP response and the effects of how this ACE inhibitor, ACE inhibitor can lower the, you know, yeah. lower the blood, the blood pressure. Which is like, yeah, so those are the two counter arguments that they also said in the same study. So like Matt said, the one with, with the higher dietary sodium. So they're, like Matt said, basically they're saying that one of the reasons why this is kind of not a genetic issue is because African-Americans consume more sodium, which is going to affect the effectiveness yeah. of the ACE inhibitor. But the other reasoning or a counter argument with the previous statement is that the majority of African-Americans have meaningful blood pressure responses to ACE inhibitors, even though they have a higher dose than whites. So they're saying that just because they have a higher dose, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's more dangerous or still not useful for African-Americans. You know, so just because they need diff just because they have to do a dose adjustment between white people and black people doesn't mean that they still shouldn't give them. You know, but yeah. Then, yeah, because if if it shows that an ACE inhibitor at a higher dose is safer than a calcium antagonist at a lower dose, then aren't they still better off getting the ACE inhibitor at the higher dose instead yeah. of the, the other one, right? It will make sense. So a lot of people are, aren't looking at the full picture that what this study was saying, you know, and we're not looking at, at all aspects of it. So that's why, you know, this is this sounds like a great idea where, hey, maybe we should try different medication for, for African-Americans, but then no one's really looking at how this different medication is affecting them on a long-term and how does it compare to a high dose of ACE inhibitors? That's what we have to be mindful, right? Mm. Like just like with like politics and stuff that's happening now, it's like we're always like putting ourselves in groups or like on apps or creating like, you know, Netflix, a black film section, or creating a black section for like Uber. And I feel like they're almost like creating a form of segregation. Right. You know? It's kind of like weird. And now they're now they're incorporating it into the medical field. And now we're now we're maybe saying like, yeah, you guys are saying maybe we should look at this differently, but maybe there's just a bigger picture here that we're not realizing because we're too stupid to look at this. Yeah, so we're taking a step back. It's just like we went from a time where things were labeled white and black, and we, we were out of that phase. And now it's like back to being labeled white and black, yes. right? Except now you don't have a white label, you just had that black label, right? But it's still a label. Why does it, it? Why does it matter? Why are we taking that step back to have having to label a, a, someone's skin color or like a race, Again, right? Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so weird. Like who's who thought this was a good thing to push, and who thought this was a good idea? You know, like what kind of a thought process is it? are they like a little bit delusional? Like who thought that, hey, we left America, we left? Today's Martin Luther King Ma Day, by oh, the wow, way. What a, what, what, what a, a fucking beautiful day yeah, to what a talk great about this. Yeah, so we left a time where we, where we had labeling on everything. There was a white water fountain, black water fountains, white schools, black schools. Everything was both black and white. And now we're literally all together, right? Yeah. So who in the right mind is going to say, hey, we got to start labeling things black now? Like why does that make... like? Uh, is that like, considered racism for me saying that? Because I'm not trying to be racist or anything. But no. if you're gonna put a label on it, why are you trying to dif uh, differentiate between us? If there's, if you're trying to be all like all about unity, all about we're equal, all about the same, and you put a label on it, yeah, you I, know, I, definitely the media is pushing that agenda again, dude. This whole racial divide, like just look at our politics right now. It's all about 
white supremacy, this, that. Like, it, dude, like, stop creating this polarization of, like, us. Everything. Like, we really are one, and the yeah. news just keeps on just separating us. Like, they want it so much. Right. Like, they you want to be, us to hate other. each other. Right. You have to be either on this side or that side. Like, why? Like, look at the Venn diagram. It's two circles, and inside it's where... And the thing, crazy thing about the United States is that majority of us are unified on a majority of topics. It's these little topics around the border that separate a lot of people, and that's what these news companies are targeting because those topics you could cause separation on. But the ones in the middle that we agree on, no one's going to try to separate that because we already agreed on it, right? Yeah. So we're our only way to move is, is further left, further, further right to polarize, right? Because obviously if it's a polarizing topic, there's usually a strong sense to the right, a strong sense to the right. It's either yes or no, right? There's yeah. nothing in between. There's so a, weird. There's a very cool video I sent you to on Instagram, and it kind of shows that it was, an, it was an illustration, you know, and the news reporter is giving the same news and that people are getting bored. So in order to keep people entertained, you have to prey on things in a negative way, and that always keeps people, like, emotionally, like, revved in up. Tune to in it. tune to it. Yeah, it's really weird, man. Yeah. Even, the, even, like, turning on CNN right now for, like, 10 minutes, you can tell how... They're, you know, throwing these like opinion pieces in to make you, they're telling you how to think, not how to think for yourself. Yeah. But more of this kind of content on Patreon, if you're mm-hmm. wondering, like we- We always did, go into this a little bit. Yeah, we go, we, we did an episode eight and we went into like the whole merge with technology and transhumanism and this whole cyber kinetic singularity that's kind of approaching right now. Like what if this is the, how civil, human civilization just has to ad- adapt? So Probably if you're wondering, it's on there about that. Yeah. Uh, more on kidney disease. So those that are wondering why our kidney is so important and why were we talking about this? Well, they play an important role. They remove waste products and extra water from your body. They help make red blood cells. They help control blood pressure, which we we're just talking about. And a lot of patients even like have multi-organ failure. Like their kidneys are one of the first organs that shut down, you know? Mm-hmm. And we usually do dialysis, hemodialysis. Sometimes patients can't handle dialysis. We do CRT for these patients to help kind of get rid of the extra waste product. And a perfect example is like if you if, if you have a patient intubated and you're giving them seven milligrams of Versed an hour and their kidneys are shut down and you're trying to wake and take out this person's ET tube, how are they going to wean when they can't filter out the Versed in their body? So these people sometimes take like three or four days and they're like unresponsive in the hospital and we're just like waiting for their kidneys to do the job or dialysis. Like it's a trip. Mm, that's crazy, yeah. And a lot of nurses don't take into consideration their, the, the Crean or the GFR or whatever your hospital is, uses. And then the people, nurses are wondering like, hey, this guy's been, you know, off sedation for three days and he's still not waking up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but dude, like he's been getting dialysis every every two days because he makes no urine. Yeah. So how is he supposed to get that out of his system? You know, you can't. And it's crazy to think about that. Like there was a point in time where dialysis was inexistent, right? Let's take a look back. Dialysis wasn't existent. We didn't know too much about the kidneys. All we did was put people to sleep and then we couldn't figure out why they didn't wake up because they had shitty kidneys. Yep. And then one day, some guy thought about it. Hey, this guy's not making urine. Maybe his kidneys don't work. That's why he's not waking up. And somebody yeah. thought about that idea. You know, because it's crazy. Because as a new grad nurse, like that, those are two things that, that are kind of hard to uh, put together. That's when you kind of are a nurse for a longer period of time. You're understanding. You're not freaking out why this patient is. I mean, sometimes you're going to be freaking out either way. But you're not freaking out as much on like your patient is off sedation two days and he's still not waking up. You know, more seasoned nurse is going to be like, okay, well, he's only got one round of dialysis. We'll see how he does with a second round. Yeah. Because, you know, we did a CT of the head. It was negative. All the other CTs were negative. Maybe it's just a renal issue. And it just takes time to get out of the body. And then your body adapts. But hopefully, you know, you don't have like a hypoxic brain injury during that time. If you're intubated for like a month, month and a half, 
sometimes you're not gonna come back to yourself. And that's why your fan member comes out a little differently when they, they come in, you know? Straight up, man. A quick little history lesson here. So dialysis dates back all the way to the 1940s. The first type of dialyzer was called the artificial kidney. And it was built in 1943 by Dutch physician William Kolf. Mm -hmm. German? Yeah, and he, he got this idea after suffer, uh, suffer, watching a patient suffer from kidney failure. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. We've come a long way with mm -hmm. that. Oh, yeah, super long. Like, you know what I'm thinking about? You know, with the Vita Dialysis and all those these dialysis uh, places that people go to, I wonder what their, like, 10-year goal is. Because they just do Reno. So are they trying to come up with, like, better machines They need to, to stay in business, you know what I'm saying? They got to stay in business. Yeah, so how are they going to make HD more efficient? Are they going to be able to create an artificial kidney? Like, how, how can you make Dallas more efficient? People just go to these clinics and they sit there for hours. It's messed like, up. imagine if, if you could, you know, speed up that process or have something that, you know, maybe you could implant or something that people could take home and just as efficient. Well, yeah. So, you know how there's 3D printing? Yeah. Well, it's, it's an emerging technology and eventually these 3D printers will be, you know, merged with like, you know, biology where they're going to be able to create an artificial kidney. It's going to be a lot easier just to replace the damn kidney than do dialysis. Yeah. But... You know how capitalism works. If there's a lot of money, profit from um, Davida and dialysis, there's not going to be a initiative to create artificial organs for the, I mean, there's the, a, the there's lower a income people. Unless because, it starts making money. Then yeah, yeah, because if you're investing in technology that you haven't figured out yet, but you're investing to the future, right? So you can't just stay with the dialysis machines. Yeah, they might be making you money right now. But guess what? If you're the company that's not going to try to improve it, guess what? Another company is. Yeah. So the thing is, if you want to have a successful corporation, especially if you're in like the technology sector, is yeah, you might have a great product that could last you five years, but how can you make that product better for sustainability? Because if you're not, imagine cell phones. Yeah. Imagine if Apple didn't always try to add some new shit. Somebody else would add some new shit, right? That's why you have, have, have competition. Android's always always adding shit to the iPhone. Guess what? Davida's always adding shit to that's their machines, the and other companies are that's adding. That's true. That's the beauty of capitalism. Yeah, that's the beauty of capitalism. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if you're not doing it, if you're not thinking about the future. Guess what? You're gonna be stuck, and then you might be successful for five, ten years, but then you're shit out of luck after those. And then what are you gonna be doing for that? Yeah, if you make enough capital, you're you're okay. But then you also have to think about your your employees. If you have a business and you don't have an eye for growth, and you're you have like a thousand employees. Your ideas and the way you take this company is going to basically make or break their lives. Yeah, just quote Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster, yeah. Blockbuster, Kodak with pictures, you know what I mean? They didn't mm -hmm. adapt. So if you have kidney disease, you should follow a treatment plan. You should um, limit specific medications. And pharmacy does those doses more, so we don't see it as a nurse as often. We have to restrict salt, limiting specific foods that contain like phosphorus, getting exercise, and controlling your diabetes. Yeah. Um, as a golden standard for GFR, if you're wondering, the golden standard to calculate it is actually to do a 24-hour urine collection in the hospital. Did you do that before? I have before. You I have to keep time. it on ice. But the thing is, is like we don't have enough time to do that with what's happening. So what we do is, as routine, we take these lab results and we try to estimate the kidney function based on creatinine, which is a waste product that gets filtered by the kidneys. And then the lab or whoever, I have no idea how this gets done. They do a calculation at factors that factors in age and sex. And then there's your GFR filtration rate. A lot of it goes to it. Yeah. You know? so, now, so now the debate is whether if you're African-American 
should you change the calculations, right? This is what's in debate right now, mm -hmm. and we'll see in spring 2021 what they decide, what are the pros and cons of adjusting kidney medicine for, for race. I wonder, so they're doing some massive research now, so 2021 should be an interesting, interesting year for everybody, not just aliens, you know? Not just African American population, for all of, all of us, to, to be honest. But that's crazy, that's, we've come a far way, and if, think about it, we don't do GFR very often, so we don't do a 24-hour urine sample you know, very often. Like I said, I've done it, you know, one time in three and a half years. Yeah. Not, not very much. We base more of our stuff off, off the creatine. Yeah, Spe you know, well, especially with COVID right now, like, dude, these patients are tanking so damn quick. Like, most of them are going, going into kid uh, kidney failure. Mm -hmm. You can just see by tracking creatine. There's no time to even do 24-hour urine samples <laughs> because literally their urine stops within X amount of, like, hours sometimes, yeah. man. Like, shit happens quick. Like, I had a patient that was getting 100 cc's an hour and then, like, Within an hour and a half, I go from like 10 mics of Levo to 20 mics of Levo. And this guy's uh, only peeing 15 cc an hour. Just like that, man. It's, it's a trip. Pulling, think we were pulling too much fluid off him? Uh, it, this wasn't CRT. This oh. was a, a pretty patient. I probably need, and he did hop on CRT like the next day when I came back. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about COVID, it's a good time to jump into the new C19 strain seen more commonly across California. So initially started, I think, in Colorado or a few states before it. Hit, uh, hit Cali very uh, pretty hard. And they're saying it came from UK, this new new strain. So as you know, the viruses, especially SARS-CoV-2, mutations move through the population, right? Yeah. So a virus mutates no matter what. But these minuscule mutations aren't really enough for us to change the way we treat it. As long as the way we treat it is, excuse me, I just burped. I'm on a cardiac diet, not cardiac diet, but a carnivore diet. Cardiac I'm, diet. I'm having like a lot of gas, a lot of Low diarrhea, a lot of burping. Pee. Yeah. But they're saying that as long as these mutations don't change the part of the virus that's getting affected by the treatment, then we should have no issue. Yeah. So currently there are about six strains of, of C19 and strain G is the most common one in the US and the most common one around the, around the globe. That's why, that's the one that we have here. And that's the one we use a vaccine for to, to manipulate the RNA and kind of affect it in, in that sense. And that represents 74% mm -hmm. of the gene sequencing that they have analyzed. Yes, and I'm not sure how they figure out like which virus is, is what, because they can't obviously genetically map all the COVID-19 cases, right? No. I think I'm pretty sure they just take a bunch of samples and have a person, you know, look through them. That's basically how they do it. They give batches. Yeah. Because if virus is mutating and they spread it quickly, you know, so... Uh, a, a good batch size is going to have lots of different mutations in it. So you're going to have a lot of different viruses in that one batch. So it's cool to look at. But yeah, so we'll see. They're saying that this mutation doesn't affect the, the, uh, the, the spike proteins. So it shouldn't need a new vaccine or new treatment for the most part. Now I'm wondering whether these people that take, took the vaccine or everybody as a population, are we going to need a booster shot or something? Well, the vaccine, up? remember, it's a two-shot process. It is a two-shot. Yeah, what so if for we this another one, booster for these strains next so now, year? So now with this strain, no, they're not too worried because it hasn't affected the uh, spike proteins. Okay. But the thing is that they found about it is uh, it detects bits of protein that protect the virus's genome. So this virus has something in it that's protecting a part of its genome they were able to manipulate before, and now we have a harder time to manipulate. Damn. But we could still combat it with, with, uh, with a spike protein. Okay, because we're doing RNA, which is different than... Yeah, so it's, yeah, so, but we're just saying, hey, this virus is able to kind of uh, protect its genome a little bit differently than most viruses, you know? Hmm. So if it's able to protect one aspect of, of the genome, when is it going to be able to protect itself from the spike proteins? Yeah, you know? what, I, what I don't like is the media is already saying that it's, you know, it's 
highly contagious. It's more widespread than the other strain. Like we have no research on this yet. Just like just like last time with this whole who, just take it with a grain of salt and. I wouldn't panic too much because it's just the same virus. So it's back in March. What? So it's back in March. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, this is an opinionated piece. Yeah. I've, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. The be the best thing we could do is taking care of ourselves and not worry about this because we can't like, you know, what I mean, there's things that are out of our control, right? And that's mm -hmm. like the thing, like how to like get happiness in life, right? We say that focus on things you can change. Right. If if you if you keep trying to predict the future, that that's going to lead to unhappiness for you. What can you change? Diet, sleep, nutrition, exercise, getting rid of diabetes, lowering your blood pressure, getting better sleep. Stick to that in that case. Whatever happens with this strain, well, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, just because it's another strain doesn't mean it's any more deadly than, than the other one. I mean, yeah. it, it can be. But the thing is, like, as we push for more measures of life sustainability, you got to realize that we're humans and we have to die of something, right? We haven't reached that, that point in life where, you know, we could live without our physical bodies, right? Our physical bodies deteriorate, they get attacked, right? So Talked just because, yesterday. yeah, just, just because we could get rid of, let's say polio or, or other, other issues, guess what? There's going to be new diseases because just like we adapt and we change over time, same with everything else. Even though a virus isn't technically considered living because it needs a host, it still adapts. It's, it's still trying to live as long as possible and spread as much as possible. Same with humans, right? Like our goal is to live as long as possible and also to spread our seed, you know? That's what it is, man, and, evolution. And like we're we're programmed to do it. Right, no matter how much, how much you wanna, you know, mentally say, I don't wanna have kids, I don't wanna re re reproduce, guess what, your body's gonna push you for that, yeah. no matter what, because our cells, our genome wants to keep going on. Same with these viruses, so. Yeah. Not only that, but they make sex so good that it makes you wanna do saying. it for some reason, right? It's like a, it's like, um, a benefit, yeah, right? And yeah. it's it's a human nature to reproduce. Yeah, so there's ideologies some people have, like Bill Gates or, or, or whoever else out there. I'm not going to a conspiracy or anything like that, I'm just saying that some people have this ideology or this theory that they could once forever get rid of sickness and illness and that's the way we're going to be able to live forever. Yeah. If there's no diseases, if there's no diseases, there's no infections and we can't get killed from external source, then we could live forever, right? But th that might not be the most attainable thing. You know, yeah, that's one way we could live forever, but another way we could live forever where people are also looking is to kind of become symbiotic with like robotics, with, with AI. Because at that point, we might not even need a physical body anymore. We could just be, you know, out in in, in wherever, a computer system or a server or, or whatever you want to call it, but you can continue life that way too. So there's different aspects of, of when people trip. think about living forever and like, like that kind of theory, like infinity, you know, it doesn't always have to be you physically in this, this form. It could be different. And that, well, that goes into the question, like, what is consciousness? So mm -hmm. we're, we're having a hard time debating that. And we're saying that, you know, machines could be conscious in the future but what is that consciousness exactly yeah. it's a freaking it's a riddle man and maybe you know science says it's one thing but you know what is it is it nature is it like this specific formula that the universe is following that we see like you know like the golden perfect golden ratio how come everything in nature is made with that perfect golden ratio when it comes yeah. to flowers the greeks used it right you know why what's up because we're living in an ai program all right just bro. the code now you're really trying to stir the pot in here this is not a code. It's all somebody is just those same numbers all the time everywhere. Why? In a computer system, what do you have? Zeros and ones, right? Yeah, you do. You know what I'm saying food for thought. Never know. Let's end it out that. All right, guys. Have an amazing day. We have a long day planned for us. Yeah, and I hope you have a long day too. And we yeah we're planning on doing some stuff. So yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. We talked about adjusting kidney medicine. Whether the debate is whether African Americans should have their GFRs and their kidney medicine adjusted. And we also talked about briefly about the new strain of C19. We did. Ciao. Peace out.